unheard of you young fellows who think you know it all, you know nothing, you have not seen a shot fired, and you're waving the damn flag. Frank, what's up, man? <clears throat> Life is some bullshit. On the news. Fucking bullshit. Reporters. Makeshift patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mass. Makeshift patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mass. Makeshift patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mass. It's the makeshift, the patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself. Be alive, telecast. Coming live from my own funeral. Beautiful weather off of the night shine, which is suitable for a full view of a forever altered skyline. It's times like these, I freestyle biased opinions every other sentence. My journalist ethics slip when I pass them off as objective. Don't give me that ethical shit. I've got exclusive explicit images to present to impressionable American kids. And it's time to show this world how big our edifice is. That's exactly what they attacked when a typically dark-skinned Disney villain used civilians against civilians and charged the Trojan horses into our building. Using commercial aviation as instruments of destruction. Pregnant women couldn't protect their children wheelchairs were stairway obstructions i have to backpedal from the shower of glass and metal wondering how after it settles we'll find who provided power to radical rebels the melting pot seems to be calling the kettle black when it boils over but only on our own soil so the little boy holds a toy soldier and waits for the suit and tie to come home we won't wait till he's older before we destroy hopes for a colder war to end i get a close-up of his head makeshift patriot the flag shop is out of stock i hang myself at half mass how does my hair look Patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mast. Makeshift Patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mast. It looks just like a movie. It's the makeshift, the Patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself while the stock markets crash. The city is covered in inches of muck. I see some other pictures of victims erupt. Reaping mothers are thinking their children are stuck. Leaping lovers are making decisions to jump while holding hands. To escape the brutal heat, sometimes in groups of three. The fallout was far beyond the toxic clouds where people look like debris. But all they saw after all was said, beyond the talking heads, was the bloody dust with legs looking like the walking dead calling for meds. But all the hospitals are overwhelmed. Volunteers need to go the hell home. Moments of silence for firefighters were interrupted by cell phones. Who's gonna make that call to increase an unknown death toll? One we rally behind, he's got a megaphone, promising to make heads roll. We cheer him on, but asbestos is affecting our breath control. The less we know, the more they fabricate, the easier it is to sell souls. There is a new price on freedom, so buy into it while supplies last. Changes need to be made, no more curbside baggage. 7 p.m. curfew, racial profiling will continue with less bitching. Addictive 24-hour candlelight vigils in TVs. Freedom will be defended at the cost of civil liberties. The viewers are glued to television screens, stuck. Cause lots of things seem too sick. I use opportunities to pluck heartstrings for theme music. I show you which culture to pump your fist at, yeah. which foot is right to kiss. We don't really know who the culprit is yet, nah. but he looks like this. We know who the heroes are, they're not the xenophobes who act hard. We taught that dog to squat. How dare we do that shit in our own backyard? They happen to scar our financial state and char our landscape. 
escape. Can you count how many times so far I ran back the same damn tape? Well, the cameraman creates news and shoves it down our throats on the West Bank with a 10-second clip put on constant loop to provoke U.S. angst. So get your tanks and load your guns and hold your sons in a family huddle. Cause even if we win this tug of war and even the score, humanity struggles. There's a need of blood for what's been uncovered under the rubble. Some of them dug for answers in the mess, but the rest were looking for trouble. Makeshift patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mass. Makeshift patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mass. Makeshift patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself at half mass. It's the makeshift, the patriot, the flag shop is out of stock. I hang myself. Don't wave your rights with your flags. <laughs> find out anything, I'm not going to read Time Magazine. I'm not going to read Newsweek. I'm not going to read any of these magazines. I mean, because they just got too much to lose by printing the truth. You know that. What kinds of truths are they reading? On anything, even on a worldwide basis. They just go off the stands in a day if they printed really the truth. What is really the truth? Really the truth is just a plain picture. So. Yeah, so oh, go ahead, go ahead. What are we no, no, say? you go ahead, sir. I uh, just want to say, so I just watched Guava Island. Yeah, what would you think of that? I thought it was pretty good. I did. Um, I see some of the thematic elements. Uh, you know, you were sort of like you saying how it was really important to the uh, Obama or K- like Suicide Kings theme. I see um, certainly sort of like I see some of the overarching thematic similarities. I'm right. curious what was like. Uh, okay, so just to say, um. I, I guess it doesn't matter about spoilers, right? Like we're not. No, no, no. I guess we, can't, pretty... we can't do that to have this conversation. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's okay. no way around cool. it. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, the sort of uh, ISIS and Osiris um, symbolism of like uh, the ca- the casket and the the celebration really being about his death, more uh, you know, the, or finding life within his death and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought red and blue, the sort of like, of not being with the colors there, of red and blue, of one being oppression, one being the people. Uh, right, the, the man was named, was named Red. And so yeah. it became, yeah, yeah. So he's but the severity. The man named Red controls the blue silk, and then in the end, all the people... Turn uh, wearing blue, and he's left. He's no. He's kind of stripped of his power, and um. Uh, yeah, like a lot of that stuff. I thought was really, really inch again, like interesting symbolism, and I can see definitely some of the what, what, why you're why you would say, hey, that was. Uh, I'd find it interesting, and I did. I'm just curious 
if there was something I'm missing that was like more, I don't know, specific that was like, oh shit, did you catch this? Yeah, there's a few things. One of them is how this specific film relates to Donald Glover in The Lion King. Okay. So, so he plays Simba, and then it's not just that. Oh. It's also it's also the album that Donald Glover released um, under the name of a date. That was the begin towards the very beginning of the coronavirus in the um, in the U.S. or just say COVID, and uh, he he released an album and then uh, for free download and then took it away very shortly after and then released it officially. Uh, but the the name of the album is actually the name of the date, and so I'd have to look it up. And I think I've shown you the image of yeah, the album. Yeah, yeah. It Before shows with... like everyone out in the. Sh- it's basically it's a comic book page. Yes. And um, even even like um, the blue lined paper. I don't know if you know anything about like comic book art, but um, there's a sort of uh like specific that that blue border is. It's like a really specific um, or that it's drawn on or sort of like a. Anyway, yeah, it's it's really an interesting image. All that sort of stuff is is fascinating. I forgot you're right that he was Simba. So then that him being Osiris, this Osiris figure in this, and then he's the Lion King in that. That's fascinating, right? Um, and it's also the the idea that by th- this kind of arrogant notion that by off putting the the actual festival, which would be you know the the guy who's basically just. Um, he strained the emanated flow of the island, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So this guy read and everything that he represents and he, he's recognized. They know what the problem is. Like the problem is really obvious. And for that guy to think that he can just basically kill the soul of, of the island in the first place, but then take their actual leader who's come up organically. So like, He's a contrived leader, this red guy. Mm-hmm. But Don- Donald Glover, his character in that, um, has basically come to his place because he actually he earned it with his spirit, like which is one with the soul of the island, which is one with the soul of the people who recognize and appreciate what's value, what's the true value of the island, who Correct. hasn't just yeah. turned everything into a product, and so like. When, you know, Donald Glover is explaining that this is America and he kind of Mm. gives an explanation. I like that scene a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like any place where, you know, people are being exploited in this way, it might as well be America. And so that really ties into the conversation you and I had, I think, the last time we spoke talking about like Moloch and Babylon. Sure. It's like. The idea that America is founded on uh, that, that I'm sure as you, I'm sure you remember that video of the guy who says, hey, the Babylonian sun squares that were the sort of blueprint for the original like American colonies and stuff like that. Sure. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. So the idea that like America is built on a Babylonian blueprint. Yeah. And it's like, well, even if that's not true, it is metaphorically true america is modern day babylon um for all intents and purposes the cornucopia is babel yeah yeah so it's like um in by saying any place is america and 
is is essentially the modern day way of saying this is all Babylon. This is right. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It would be it would be the equivalent of of you know Bob, what Bob Marley would call you know anything that's that that is that. Um, I shouldn't just say Bob Marley. I mean that we came across acknowledgments of that in um, looking at old Kabbalistic texts. Me and Baruch, because there were, there would be examples where Babel is also the same as saying Rome. So when you're like, oh, this is what Rome is doing, and then you'll see things apply. Where you're like, no, that that was this is later. So like 16th century stuff, where it's like it's not even talking about Rome per se, but it's like Rome as a as an all-encompassing everything that's not Zion. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, yeah, as I was say, that's specifically what you mentioned, Marley. I mean, any sort of like uh, reggae sort of Rasta um, cultural shorthand is Zion and Babylon. Is, right. Is One of the reasons I just jumped at that is because the character that Donald Glover plays in Guava Island is very much a Bob Marley character. The the context of Bob Marley being that you had that radio show and things would happen uh, and he he would be respond he would be giving a, a voice to the to the people like live on air like you know people would know exactly what it was that he was referencing and it would be so fast it would be like even like the day of like something goes down and now here's Bob Marley singing about it, and everyone knows exactly what he's singing about. And so there's yeah. that revolutionary aspect to that being on it. I've I've equated the same thing actually with um, uh, <clears throat> I think I've told you before, Sage Francis with Makeshift the Patriot being written so quickly after 9/11, kind of uh, reminiscent of Neil Young doing Ohio right after the Kent State shooting, mm. and so the people are very in touch with this central figure in their community who is giving them a voice musically and, you know, socially and philosophically and everything else, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a context thing. And what, I don't know if you've seen uh, black is King, but I haven't watched it yet. No, I, I don't have Disney. Oh, but sorry, go ahead. What you're going to say, but you just reminded me, I, there's something I left out of um, this most recent Sync Quick news. Um, what were you going to say? I'm going to buy. I find this. Acknowledge but... that there's kind of a meta communication between Guava Island, the new Lion King, specifically with Donald Glover's most recent album, and Black is King. And so you have this kind of conglomeration of different voices in the music industry giving expression to this idea uh, that is expressed in different ways through these three or four technically components. Um, Yeah, I was, I was experimenting with playing the soundtrack to black is King with guava Island. And that turned out to be really interesting. And I haven't shared it online yet, but I was playing around with that a bit. Um, you know, they call it a, a soundtrack to the Lion King that's not the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just, there's something to be said for the timing of all this and the meaning of all this. And I just, I don't know, I wanted to delve into it a bit, but I'm not even sure exactly where to begin. 
Um, but the the principles behind the Golden Bough are very apparent in this kind of like meta work. And I, I don't hear that many people like acknowledge how significant these pieces of media are in relationship to each other. And so, yeah. Have you seen um, JJ Draw's new video from just like this week? From I don't know if you week. put it. Yeah, I don't know if he put it on YouTube yet. I know he was having trouble getting it on YouTube. I saw one he did a couple, a few weeks ago or something. But no, it would have been very, 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 very new. Oh. Um, huh, where the fuck did I put this? Oh, here we go. Okay. I'm going to send you an image. What is this file? 195804. 195804. Uh, sorry. I'm telling you five things at once, but... Okay, what did I say? 195804. Oh, there we go. So uh, we'll start here. So this is, um, you mentioned Disney. And I've been tracking so that, that right, the whole Disney announces. Why wait a minute, King. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I actually looking at a tweet from Disney? Yes. And it literally says, what will they sacrifice to make history in five days? Start streaming the first two episodes of the Right Stuff series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. They, Disney has said, what w- will they sacrifice to what make history? What will they sacrifice to make history? And that screenshot is actually from uh, a few days ago. So um, um, that would have been from October 4th. I took that screenshot. If I, if I'm yeah, that's right. kind of a you, you got to be kidding me type of screenshot there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's like either October 4th or October 5th, I took that screenshot. So we can look to see when this show comes out. But yeah, exactly. Like literally as I'm writing about this stuff and I'm looking at how Disney Black is king through, you know, I was I had seen their Twitter and then this uh, they announced this. I'm sure they are announcing it other ways besides just Twitter, but that's where I've seen all these sort of announcements that have been really interesting sync nodes of uh, both Black is King and then this new Lion King. Um, what, I don't even know what they're calling it yet, but it's like a Lion King spinoff. Maybe it's going to be they're a calling it a follow-up. Follow-up. And yeah. so wait a minute here. So I, what I was surprised when I watched the Sync Quick News was you showed – David Play sent me this picture of uh, the – uh, buried of a woman in a in a Trump is King shirt. So this Liberty, I so Liberty Hangout is the Trump is my King, right. which is so funny because the Liberty Hangout. I remember those guys just to say like that that as the sort of merchandise outlet has been around for a while, and they've been the most like lib- they were basically like libertarian conspiracy stuff how now suddenly they're like the this politician is my king how is that liberty that's fucking bootlicking anyway yeah uh, so yeah so the trump is my king thing is september 29th which is the same day as the lion king announcement so what you sent me i looked at the the screenshot date I see. September 29th. And that's the same day that I that Disney announced 
the Lion King follow-up. So then, what, uh, two days later? Uh, let's see, no. Three, three. What was day? September 29th to October 4th or 5th. Okay, so more like four or five days later. But same week, suddenly Disney Plus announces, what will they sacrifice to make history? I just thought that was fucking interesting. Right. All right, now just to say, J.J. Draw, um, I'm pretty sure it was in his video. Um, I don't know where else I would have seen this. Um, it was a clip from like a, a musician on MTV talking about, hey, I really want someone to play my new album with different movies and see what they find. So when, when J.J.'s video comes out, you got to watch it. Okay, so here, Barry Jenkins is direct is set to direct this new Lion King follow up thing. Mm-hmm. Barry Jenkins is the director of Moonlight. Now, I've, I don't know if you've seen Moonlight, Mm-mm. but I have a I have a pairing with Moonlight with a Saul Williams album called Volcanic Sunlight, and actually, on Saul Williams social media. On Facebook, I am. Um, he he. Maybe over a year ago, I think he had. It was there was a pride parade thing that he was at, and I had com- I had commented with uh, a link to Moonlight with vo- with Saul Williams' Volcanic Sunlight, and I wrote applicable, and I got a, a heart emoji from Saul Williams, and I scrolled through his page as far back as I could to see if he had ever commented or liked anybody's comment, and I couldn't find a single one. Holy shit, okay. I'm pretty damn sure that that response actually came from Saul Williams. But what's interesting about this is it's, it's one of the more rare examples where a film came out after an album where it's that level of uncanniness. So... One of the things, too, I don't know if, if you listen to Saul Williams much, but that particular album, Volcanic Sunlight, uh, has a, especially towards the end, has a heavy uh, Obama theme in it. And there's a, a song basically saying, you know, it not, that, that uh, it's a recognition that you could become president, you know, um, speaking to people who would never think of themselves as a, a possibility for them to become president. Because of Obama, you know, um, I won't do it complete justice, but there's actually, there's something really, uh, interesting that happens towards the end of the pairing where he's singing, he's rhyming about, uh, whales and there's actually a whale painting, like a humpback whale painting on the wall behind. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I should, I shouldn't even bother mentioning that because there's so many, alignments that happen with the pairing but anyway i just wanted to point that out because i because i consider the lion king donald glover sync pretty uncanny and i also consider the moonlight volcanic sunlight pairing from the guy who's set to direct the new lion king to be equally uncanny and so just worth mentioning <laughs> i don't know um i want to give you a few other syncs here um so i just i signed into youtube to see if JJ's video was online yet, it does not appear to be on YouTube yet. But uh, there's a comment from this guy comments on my newest video. There is a new Nas album that just came out August 21st, 2020. And the album is called 
King's Disease. Wow. And if I'm not mistaken, Nas does a song with Damien Marley. Let's see. The Road to Zion. Let's see. I think Nas is on that, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Same guy, same musician. Okay, yeah. So Daniel Marley and Nas do a song called Road to Zion. Nas now has an album out called King's Disease. Um, August 21st, 2020. That's really interesting. Um, Going to have to check this album out. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, this looks awesome. Look at the cover of that. Uh-huh. That's great. That's great. Um, wow, it's really interesting. Really, really interesting. Yeah, there's something kind of alchemical about it, isn't there? It sure is. Yeah. Uh, another guy. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember who I want. I want to credit them, but whatever. So, so, uh, somebody. I had showed someone that. Uh, I think it was the Trump King thing. The Lion. Oh no, it was the Lion King follow-up tweet before i made the sync quick news mm-hmm. and i and they pointed out that you you're showing this guy the director's name is barry and that that is of course obama's old name right oh that's you know i wasn't even thinking about that but yeah so, so line so follow-up from barry is is barry the name barry derived from barack mean lightning is the guy doing the fucking new lion king technically named lightning like barack Barry etymology. We want to look it up. Yeah, go look it up. I'll leave it to you. Well, appreciate you. Let's see. Behind the name. Uh-huh. Really? Uh huh. Uh form of uh Barry B A I R R E. It is also sometimes used as an angelicized form of Barack B E R A C H. Um Barack. Oh, interesting. This is um, showing as the Irish Barack, meaning sharp. It is the name of 6th century Irish saint. Not going back to Hebrew Barack, but an Irish. Um, and then, wow, that's really interesting. Um, so there's two etymologies. One is going to um, meaning fair-headed, so like white hair or fair hair, uh, and the other being barak, barak, meaning sharp. Huh. But both going to Irish, not to Hebrew. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously the, the sort of Irish-Egyptian... Uh, Correlations are not, uh, you know, not to be missed. Um, that's really, really interesting. What I'm looking at is that Barry, I don't know if it's the name, but it's it's coming from, from French, um, late 15th century from French Burry Bard, uh, striped. No, where are you getting that? That's interesting. That's just, I put in Barry etymology. That's what I did. That's what I did. On Google? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well. Not Google. But well, yeah. maybe you went You went to Barry name etymology. I just went to Barry etymology. B-A-R-R-Y. Yeah, gotcha. Fair, fair top, fair and Barry. 
Hold on a second. Scrolling through it. You're looking at you. You went to Wikipedia. I see a Wikipedia, um, which also says fair haired. It was that same um, Gaelic uh, origin here. I do see that. Um, I went to uh, behindthename.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is. Uh, I'm going to see if I go to uh, etymology. Um, online etymology dictionary. And what's what got Barry there? Mm-hmm. Hmm, they don't have Barry. So the right stuff series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this um, Disney Disney tweet is referencing. That one. So I had a yeah. I don't know what the right stuff series is. Upcoming American drama intelligence series based on the 1979 book of the same name by Tom Wolfe and the 1983 movie of the same name. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. The right stuff is referencing the 1983 movie about the um, uh, Mercury uh, ship astronauts, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was basically people that were that were taking off from another ship so they had planes coming out of a larger ship what was the deal i saw it a long time ago um i actually had a sync with it uh with a um album called mind the gap that was released the same day so it's it's the mercury six um mercury seven it looks like but yeah I'm like I'm on the I'm reading with the right stuff right now. On okay. Wikipedia it says uh, it's about blah 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 as well as the Mercury Seven, the seven military pilots. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it's a um, it's a long movie. It's an interesting movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I had to check it out when I like the original posters for it had the Mercury alchemical symbol there. Um, or at least one of them did, and I came across that, and I wanted to go look into it, and then I, I looked at albums that came out the same day, and one of them was called Mind the Gap. I don't remember who did that. Um, oh, was it Thompson Twins? I'm going to check. Thompson. Uh, um, oh, so uh, this is really interesting. Okay, so... <laughs> oh, Into the Gap. That was what it was called. Not Mind the Gap. Uh, you know... Uh... Apparently, like one of the the main, the first billing, uh, in this in this film is, uh, Fred Ward as Virgil Gus Grissom, and uh, that was used to be, um, what's his name? Chris Knowles used to write a lot about. So Gus Grissom is a guy who was who died, uh, in these NASA tests. He di- he died in a fire on NASA grounds, like while they were doing a, like basically he's like in a capsule. Yeah. I'm like, having a weird moment where I'm thinking of Jack Parsons dying, dying in a mercury explosion. And this was yeah, yeah, yeah. six mm-hmm. or seven. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, this was years ago. I remember Knowles had written a lot about this, that basically um, he thought that this was sort of like a, a sacrifice that Grissom was essentially sacrificed in this um, fire. Uh, accident, whatever, um, and uh, that 
Anyway, it's just like that. Just seeing what what this is about then puts the phrasing, "What will they sacrifice to make history?" Really, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, knowing sure. that someone who has written about this guy being murdered as a sacrifice for the rocket launches, uh, and that Disney uses the word "sacrifice" in their marketing for it is is fascinating. Um, oh yeah. What will they sacrifice to make history? Of all the things that they could write, and that's what we're looking at—the right, the right stuff. And so, um, I just want to show you something that's just kind of interesting here, real, real quick. Please, uh, yeah, yeah. If you go to the Wikipedia page for so this, the wide release of uh, the right stuff was uh, February seventeenth, uh, nineteen eighty-three. And so, if you look at the the cover of this Thompson Twin album. Uh, just check, check out the cover. So the same day and year, and they got the, oh, they got totally. The I see that. You see how it looks like a ship, and it's like uh, going past the planet like that. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just this was a while ago, and it was just an experiment I did. That you know, I do so many of these that I don't actually share. They're just like I'm like, huh? What happens when I do this? And so I I only really share the the real special stuff, you know, but this was something that I, I did a while, quite a while back that I really enjoyed. Um, so you pair, you've already tried this, you paired yeah. this film and this album. Yeah. I played this with the right stuff quite a while back. Yeah. And so it's interesting that this Disney plus thing is literally like, I was like, Oh, is somebody just calling something else by the same name? And it's like, no, it's literally it. And so there's a, one of the big hit uh, songs on this was obviously hold me now, but also you yeah, have, you take me up, you know, and even just the nature of what, they were doing with with that um, experimental stage in rocketry was literally like you have a plane attached to another plane, so there's like a smaller plane attached to a much larger plane, and they would sure. they were seeing how to break the sound barrier. This may have been the first time we broke the sound barrier that it's referencing, um, and so part part I need to check that. Is that true? Am I talking truth or am I, 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 I pulling that know. out of a hat? Yeah, yeah, no. To attempt to break the sound barrier in the X1. So yeah. No, but but so I was at the time, this is all coming to me. I was uh I was tripping out on this idea of like the the sonic boom of breaking the uh the sound barrier, but this was a thing. So it the plane exploded. Or some people so how did it go? Uh let me look it up. Uh, so this is what I'm reading here. Back in California, Jaeger hears the Soviet pilot holds the altitude record in a jet plane. A new Lockheed plane has arrived for testing, but funding for his program is being cut as NASA's fund- funding is increasing. Jaeger decides to take it out to attempt to beat the altitude record. Upon breaking it, the jets flame out and can't be reignited. His aircraft spins out of control and he is nearly killed in a high-speed ejection. Seriously burned, Jaeger simply gathers up his parachute upon landing and walks to the ambulance, proving that he still has the, quote, right stuff. Is that really what this film is? Like, oh, he walked from the plane crash into it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, He's got so, the right stuff. Um, oh. So here, here's what I'm looking at, at um, in the plot on Wikipedia. So there's a the thing about Ye- Jaeger. That's one part. But then worried that he might not fly the secret mission, he confides in friend and fellow pilot Jack Ridley, who solves the problem by giving Jaeger the stump of a broom handle to use as leverage. Talk about witches flying on brooms. Okay. 
though the X one bucks like a wild Bronco and pushes him to his limit, Yeager goes supersonic and lives. Yet the attendant sonic boom initially causes people to think his plane has exploded. However, an officer immediately classifies his achievement, denying him the fame of his accomplishment, which some people thought could have uh, couldn't be done in an airplane. So basically, it's kind of like it's kind of like Black Swan theory or something, where you had this idea that oh, people would just assuming no, you can't break the sound barrier with an airplane, and then what do you know? It happened. Right, right, right. Yeah, the broom handle part is interesting. <laughs> no, that's, that's fascinating. It's yeah. really fascinating. Um, I mean, there's more to it than that. Uh, obviously, it's it's like a what is it? A, how long is this movie? It's 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 crazy long. Um, maybe not crazy long. 192 minutes. It's pretty long. Um, but yeah. So uh, there was actually a um, Black Mirror special, like extra long black mirror that was done where it was choose your own adventure do you remember that uh uh-huh. i did i never watched it but it was like Bol- boulder dash or boulder yeah yeah well, something like that anyway in in that black mirror there's a guy who goes to a record store and you can decide which record he gets and it determines where the plot goes from there mm. and and the album was this album of um into of, the gap yeah yeah. What is the other option? I don't remember. I just remember that. I mean, I saw it when it came out. And it was a while ago, but it's it stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. That it's called Bandersnatch. Yeah, Bandersnatch. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, there's a point too where you can decide whether the guy drops acid or not. I think. <laughs> Like, if you want to drop acid, <laughs> see what happens. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I want to go from, from there. I mean, the Mercury thing is interesting, too, in terms of, like, uh, what was the, what was that Shakespeare story about the storm? The Tempest? The Tempest. The Tempest had a whole Mercury thing going on, right? What's the deal there? Jumping all over the place, but yeah, yeah, it might yeah. be worth it. Um, comes up with Tempest and Mercury. Uh, it's interesting you say that. It was, there remember- was, yeah, I mean, my my head is spinning because... Um, I don't remember why I'm making that connection. There was some connection there. Yeah, I mean, I'm literally like... <laughs> trying to make sense of everything that's coming out in front of me right now because I'm like literally trying to trace back three sync threads ago. There was something I was trying to remember. It's just it's coming a little little fast at us. But um oh interesting. The Into the Gap album was recorded in the Bahamas. Hmm. Um here was something about uh, Guava Island. Why, why didn't Rihanna sing it all? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that, that it's all Donald Glover, and you have such a music, another fellow musician in the thing that never sings. I just kept with the whole movie. I'm like, all right, when's she gonna sing next? Um, here's, yeah, maybe, here's, maybe here's that's something the thing. Else. I might want to look at if there's a Rihanna album that came out at the same time or something. You know, 
<laughs> uh, so here's something I just thought about. Uh, I just want to kind of like bring this back to Guava Island for a minute. Yes, sir. So, in the, there's posters around the island that say "Red sees you." Yes, right? total Big Brother is watching. Well, it's a Big Brother, but it's also like Red Sea. Okay, right? I didn't, that didn't even occur to me, but I'm I'm with you. But what I was well, that's I just when I said it out loud, it wasn't until I said it out loud. I was like, oh, like Red Sea. But anyway, the poster "Red sees you," which is like a Big Brother, shows a butterfly. Right, so the uh, the island's main treasure is this silkworm, which they show as this blue worm. Yes. And then the red is symbolized by this butterfly. And at the end, so when we see red the first time, he's dressed all in red. Right. But then at the end of the movie, he's wearing this like crazy colorful outfit. He's mm-hmm. not dressed in red. He's dressed as a butterfly. And all the people are dressed in blue, like the silkworm. Yeah. Right? So there's something interesting with the symbolism there, where instead of, you know, maybe we we associate the butterfly with the more evolved or the more, like, advanced form of the of the life cycle... But they're showing this as the the silk is what's valuable. The the I don't know the lower class maybe you know or something like the the lower ranked. Right, it's almost a retelling of the is, Lorax. Yeah, the worm is what is valuable. The butterfly is not because the butterfly doesn't produce the silk. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay, interesting. All right, so, so all at yeah. the end of the movie, all the people are in blue, and he is in an outfit that resembles a butterfly. And then again, if you see throughout the film, the red is watching. It literally has a butterfly symbol on it. Right, and I think it's there's there's an immortalization that he didn't count for. He thinks he can get rid of something, but that's not how it actually works. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'll just get rid of this problem, and then it's like, no, actually, he. He um, got right. everyone to to put things into perspective. There's Rip one more that. thing I want to point out is that um, they keep talking about how Saturday, the festival is mm-hmm. to be Saturday. But yep. if, if they have the festival on Saturday, it would go all night and then no one would be able to work on Sunday. Sunday. And the yes. question isn't really about Saturday's festival. The question is about who owns Sunday? And the last one of the film is Rihanna saying, we got our day. We got our day, which was Sunday. Right. And it's, I mean, that's about as like, much of a solar symbolism as you can imagine. Of like, sure, sure, from Saturn. Yeah, exactly. Dying, the, the sun dies on Saturn's day, and he is immortalized on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Even he he's sings. The Sharkina, he's the poor one. Mm-hmm. Not just him, but also Rayana. Their whole the the people. That's the thing. It's 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 relating to oppression, and so you have you know there's that's one meaning of Shakina is is she's taken kabbalistically to be the poor one, and the idea is that well the stone that the builders rejected is pushed to the bottom, and that's 
that's the the life of the thing. Whatever's most essential in the thing gets pushed to the bottom, and then through that, there's it gets more the the tree gets more and more restrained. Uh, the emanating flow gets more restricted, and so that's what the island represents. Is like the island is the tree of life, and they've restricted the tree of life further and further. But it's showing you that that even if you were to take out the you know every, the last element of what is the, the stone that's holding the whole thing together that it's through that that dig, things are put back in their place and then red thinks he's got all his power but then it shows that his power was not really strength it was something else you know correct masquerading as strength um so he has a substitute reality for everyone on the island but they all know the truth everybody knows it they're just pretending it's a lie that's the conversation that he has with that guy when they sing this is america you know no oh, totally yeah well i mean even like um so the right red has got the blue bird in the cage again like it's this yeah. red and blue yeah he's got um, the blue bird of happiness in the cage yeah yeah but the bird is out of the cage at the moment donald glover dies he sees the bird he literally sees the bird just mm-hmm. before he gets shot, right? Right. So um, there's also, going back to an Egyptian version of this, when, um, the, do you know what the Ba bird is? No. So it's basically like this, it's a form that Isis takes. Oh, I just remembered, Rihanna has an Isis tattoo. She does. That's why he got Across Rihanna. That's why it's fucking Rihanna. Um, huh. So, you know, Isis is often seen with the, the wings, like her arms have wings, even though she's in a humanoid form. But there's this thing called a bobbird, B-A. And it is this uh, form that Isis can transform into. Um and it is what sort of like transports the spirit. So when you talk about the spirit of the island. Sure. Uh, and that to see that blue bird. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Vigil just shared something on in the kitchen sink. It's applicable. I'm scrolling to get to it right now. Um, relating to the Golden Dawn and Isis. I don't see it. Where is it? Sorry. Yeah. Can't find it. Some news with the Golden Dawn and ISIS right now. I guess I'll just look it up separately. Uh, not the not Israeli is Israel regarded as the Golden Dawn, but um. Uh, well, the oh the Golden Dawn in Greece. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Uh, they just um, declared them a. I don't know, like a, a hate group or basically, yeah. do, you know, do you know what that is? It's like there is this uh, sort of essentially neo-Nazi organization sure, in yes. Greece called the Golden Dawn. And there was just some proclamation made to like officially classify them as. Yeah, I remember when they when they first came out and Baruch mentioned that to me, he was like, you looking at this thing with the, the, the Golden Dawn? Yeah. It's really fascinating. Right, but uh, there's something weird how it connects to Isis, and then you have the Aranya temple, Isis-Aranya temple, related to the other Golden Dawn, Israel regarded as the Golden Dawn. Well, yeah, yeah. 
sorry. I was going to point out. Um, huh. I was going to point out the um, obvious, like Kabbalists. You were saying the island is the tree of life, the sort of like yes. mercy, severity. She says. Even that beginning animation says love and war, and they show the blue and red. It's this mercy and severity mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's really um, yeah. On this uh, Thompson Twin album is a song called Sister of Mercy. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, there's a Leonard Cohen song, Sisters of Mercy. But yeah, Interesting. Um, oh boy. I'm going to go with that. Okay, so you mentioned the butterfly thing. Probably haven't seen Antebellum. No, I haven't seen it. If you're saying you showed me something about this movie, I don't, I don't believe yes. you did. I think I tagged you. Um, maybe I can find the screenshot again. Uh, basically, in Antebellum, there is a shot where two people are in bed, and above the bed there is a woman uh, with the classic crown from notorious big uh yeah uh i i it, maybe you did tag me that okay i, I know exactly i didn't realize that was from antebellum yes okay got you so, i remember so that's a, the kicker a that's a total sync so you you have and i don't know who the woman is right 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 but there's this there's this woman with the tilted crown exactly the same as and that was his his last album i believe or was that that wasn't released post-mortem, I don't think. Because there's two albums. There's one that he released shortly before he died, and then there's one they released after he died. You Biggie Smalls? Biggie Smalls, yeah. Uh, that's before he died. Right. But, right. Um, but anyway, point being, you have the 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 day and year of, yeah, yeah. of RBG's death. You have uh, this film comes out, Antebellum, and... It it focus focuses heavily on the on the butterfly as a um, Rorschach test. Mm. So in the film, there's a psychiatrist who uses the like a Rorschach butterfly as her symbol. And if you look at the the poster art for the film, they put the butterfly over her mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And in the film, yeah, that. there's also the whole thing around her lipstick that's emphasized in the movie. Which even the like so it's focused on the Civil War, and you know during the Civil War, not just the Civil War, but what they used to do to uh, some black slaves was they would put this metal mask over their face. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Say that uh, one more time. In dur- during slavery times, in they would put a metal mask over slaves' faces. Have you ever seen this? I've not seen this. No. Here, uh, just do a Google search. Put in slavery mask. I don't slavery Yeah. Okay, yeah, I have seen this. Uh, right, it's that. very disturbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something about the way the cover of Antebellum where they put this red butterfly over her mouth. And mm-hmm. it seems symbolic in the film that there's this whole emphasis on her and her lipstick. Because somebody steals her lipstick and had made a comment about her lipstick. And this whole thing of, of, because she's a strong, independent black woman who has had, you know, who's basically taken into slavery. And 
the the lipstick becomes symbolic of her freedom in a way. And so I just they don't show the mask in the film, but they show the other part that they would attach along with the mask sometimes, where it's like this hook thing that goes out. So that it's like a collar. Mm-hmm. They have to wear a collar along with the mask. So they show that, but they don't show the mask. But there's I, I don't completely know where I'm going with this, but it seemed like there was something really poignant and profound happening with that in the film. So if you ever see it, I would I would encourage you to meditate on that a bit. Um <laughs> mm, it's so fucked up, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fucked up, yeah, absolutely. And so you know, it's it's some people have pointed out the slave mask phenomenon in terms of, you know, when, when people are being asked to wear masks, you know, uh, people that are knowledgeable on that, it kind of brings something up in that regard. Like, you know, basically put on your muzzle, you know, and sometimes the mask. Yeah. Is but, you know, uh, if you go back to the Bible and earring is a sign of slavery. Um, yeah. Uh, I just found it really, really freaking strange. I had a, I had a, a heavy sink moment looking at that image above the bed in antebellum and being like how I'm seeing this all over the internet right now. And now I'm looking at a film released the day and year that she died with that in center screen. That's crazy. Yeah. And I would really like to find out who it's, who it actually is in that image, who that's supposed to depict. I tried to look it up. Uh, I can't find, I can't find that information. And the, so is Antebellum taking place in what year? Yeah, I, 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 even by saying that that's a spoiler alert, I'm spoiling it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So like that's part of the idea is that like we're still the the idea is is that the past the the, the past isn't really past. Right, right, right. Okay, and that's kind of the driving point of the of the film in a way is that we're in the past, but you know, I mean, we. The past is still here, and um, I think there's truth to that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, absolutely, I yeah. You know, we're 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 literally this the well whether it's even if I want to be really careful how I say this because the sort of like civil war motif that we're experiencing right now I think is is a fascinating one, but it's um, there's the idea of the sort of like forced divide within the country uh but that's what i want to be sort of careful around but even considering like so again maybe i'm seeing this more exclusively because of where i live and you you know you're in california might not be as prevalent but a lot of uh the like black lives matter protests where i am in virginia particularly um coincided with the return of these questions about confederate monuments sure and uh this summer which is is insanity so basically we had the last few years i live in richmond virginia which is you know cat was the capital of the confederacy right there were for the last few years a number of protests and all this stuff about hey can you take these confederate monuments down can you take these confederate monuments down they're like no way no way no way so then this year everyone's like Hey, can you stop killing people and stop tear gassing us when we when we ask like literally, hey, here's a peaceful protest asking you to stop killing people and you tear gas us. And now we're really upset. And what did the city do? 
they took the Confederate monuments and like, okay, cool, we'll take the monuments. Right, we'll do any type of placation that we can, <laughs> besides actually reprimanding or having genuine accountability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without doing the thing that would be the obvious thing to set things right, we're going to give you every symbolic act we can muster. We're getting rid of Aunt Jemima. We're getting rid. Of, we're gonna. You know, it's like. Okay, more symbolism, more symbolism, more symbolism. And, you know, I, th- I think that there's something to be said for making things about symbolism rather than treating the actual issues. Absolutely. I think, you know, that was um, something I had, you know, something I had really, was really, really upset about over the summer was just that moment where it was like, the fact that you would this thing that you couldn't get them to change okay fine we'll take the monuments like that's not what people are fucking that's what we were protesting about two years ago right (laughs) you know sure like but now you're you'll do that because it really doesn't hurt anybody (laughs) you know you could take the you could take the you take the monument down and we don't we still don't have to you know, control our out of out of control police or anything like that. It's just it's fucking fascinating. Wasn't um, it Robert E. Lee who was actually against any monuments for the South being erected after the Civil War because he didn't want to be a poor sport loser? <laughs> Probably. I have seen something about that. Um, I think that's true. I think at the at the, at the I looked that up about a year ago. And uh, he was he was very much against those monuments in the first place. So it's kind of strange that people are like, oh, history, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, no, I get it. We don't want to forget history. But at the same time, isn't it interesting that the very guy who you're everyone under him, you're making monuments and <laughs> he was against them in the first place. So it's like, OK, you know. <laughs> that's crazy well yeah and i guess and the other thing is that you don't you don't like we don't have statues of everything we like we don't forget <laughs> you know, like wow i might forget there was a holocaust if you don't put up a statue of hitler in the middle of my town you know right like, the whole idea of like we will for, we'll forget history if you don't put a statue up of it doesn't really make sense. It's one of the few things, and particularly again where I am, we don't have statues of much. We have <laughs> right, right. we have a lot of statues of Confederate guys. Um, yeah. Not not much else. Uh, really, there there. I statues. remember your story where you went to some wedding or something, and there was the slave quarters that was still there and somebody commented on it and there was you were on like you were in a vehicle and somebody wasn't giving up their seat was in a yeah it was an old like a very old couple and it was actually like the grandmother and grandfather of the bride (sighs) yeah anyway i've tried being i've tried to google around anything about this crown photo in this antelope movie and i don't see anything no i didn't see anything either i'm really curious as to what that is from what that's about uh and it's it's just such a um a focal point in that scene like your eye is going to go straight to it because it's center shot you know he's held there for a while um also you know you you have 
there's no this movie was supposed to play in theaters it's the producers of us and get out um the guys who did it it's two directors and the same two writers who did antebellum and they've never done another feature length film before um but if you look at the few things that they have done uh one of them is a jay-z music video called kill jay-z and Kill Jay-Z was a track off of 444, which I had paired that album with The Beguiled. Was that a same day and year? I'd have to check. I don't think so, though. From the same period, maybe. But anyway, it was strange because as I was watching Antebellum, I thought of The Beguiled several times because it's another Civil War movie um, from a book, obviously, that's been remade. Maybe this is the third or second time that they've that they've done it um uh where there's these it's almost it's almost comical it's actually this version is a Sofia coppola uh version uh where you have a uh, a soldier who is injured and he's he's kept in a house by these women who are you know just hiding out there staying there you know and they're supposed to just be helping him, but they're all sex starved. And so it becomes kind of comical because they're all going crazy over this guy. And so, and it's also got kind of a, a misery aspect because it's like wanting to keep him injured so that they can keep him for themselves, you know, and it just gets more and more dysfunctional. I don't know if you're familiar with the beguiled, um, but it's just interesting that of all the things like that was a pairing that I put together with, with, jay-z and the film is reminding me of it and then i look at what these directors have done and they did specifically for a track off that album the music video which is also of the songs on that album it's one of the most directly applicable to the beguiled um if you listen lyrically to what's going on you know yeah yeah that's uh this is um so this is an interesting sort of fucking, you know, thread. We're, we're we're doing our sort of classic chasing threads here, mm-hmm. but I want to ask you, you know, all the sort of things, all the topics at hand, the both the you know King's disease and the um, uh, civil war and um, you know masks and all this stuff. I mean. Where are you? Where's your head at these days? We're a month out from an election. We just had this scare with uh, Trump. I'm just curious, um, what's your sort of read on reality, uh, as it were, for a moment? Uh, I see Trump shares, shares tweet that says "mass represent," and I'm guessing he said it says slavery here. And I shared an image of him holding this plaque with a mask. What, could you ask me what you're what you're asking me again? What's my that, well, that's interesting that is that new uh, is that new okay that i assume hold hold on now cuz that was no okay that was back in may may okay. 28th uh just to say i when i googled the slavery mask may 28th trump says that masks represent slavery coronavirus represents uh, the excuse me mandated use of face masks represents a culture of silence, slavery, and social death. Um, September 18th, 2020, uh, Bill Barr, um, 
I see another story here. Uh, I where it just went. Um, but basically, yeah, this is uh, the the slave. When I googled slavery mask, that really that did come up uh, mm-hmm. right away. This the sort of um, Trump and Barr uh, talking around that line of that that masks equal slavery. Um, so I guess what I was trying to ask is like if we can if we can pull out of some of the like abstract synchronicity for a minute and pull some of this into the reality, what are you seeing as far as um a, I don't know a more uh, whether it's a more practical reading of the moment or how does all this sort of symbolism reflect oh you know what's what's happening basically what are your where where is your head at for the next month or so Um, do you think Trump had coronavirus uh it could go either way it could go either way for me I really don't know I can't know uh it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't and it wouldn't surprise me if he did or if he does yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I say correct. That's such a shitty way of saying that. But that I, know, I, I agree. And I usually, agree. I'm not like that. Usually, I, well, I mean, I'll always be open to possibilities, but I'll generally lean in one direction. And this is one instance where it's like I don't even. I have no idea. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you. That's, <laughs> that's why I was asking. Like, hey, what, what do you, what do you got? What's your take on this? Right. I, I, you know, if if I was to go deeper than all of this and not just speak to the next month, but just speak to kind of the ultimate reality of what I feel is going on. Uh, my sense is, is that like what a virus is, whether it's manufactured or not, it's still like a, a living thing. It's, it's something in nature. And my, my feeling has been even long before this uh, fixation on, on the virus has been happening is that something is, is bound to happen with humanity in terms of us coming to coming to recognize the gulf that exists between what we're projecting and trying to control and what the actual living organism even is so like our our a, a virus is a very direct way to for us to look at nature like in other words if a hurricane was coming at this point in our development and our abilities there's not much protection from that the idea of trying to control the hurricane is pretty much out of the question. Did so, Trump like, say we can shoot a nuke at it? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. It does. We're not there. Okay. I, I know. I know. You know what I'm saying? And actually, that's a very good point because that's kind of the epitome of what I'm trying to get at. Is it's like, yeah, we have certain things that we can do to try and avoid things, but at the expense of what? Like, where's the end? to that level of control. So like, and what, what kind of world do we want to live in? Like if we, if we apply mandates and we say, okay, this is what's, what's best for people. But then if you say to enforce that, cause you is just anything goes like, cause I've, I've seen plenty of footage of people being strangled by police. Not, not as much in America yet, uh, but in Australia and the UK where it's just like people, somebody refuses to wear a mask and now all of a sudden some police officer goes on a total power trip and is ready to, to physically assault that person to get them to go with the program, you know? And I look at that and I'm like, you know what? 
whether whatever you happen to think about mass there's and distancing and all kinds of stuff there's no way in hell you're going to get the entire population to go along with that it's not a possibility and so knowing that it's not a possibility what are the <laughs> where are the limits for enforcing it like i've had it come up online where it's like somebody is saying you know they just need to obey the law and i'm like first of all that's a mandate it's not a law and the most common straw man reaction to that is, oh, so you, you don't care if everyone dies or, or, you know, what, what about my grandma or whatever they want to say? And it's like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying literally like, it's not a law. Do you want it to be a law? And if you wanted it to be a law, do you think that it's possible that everyone's going to go along with that? And if everyone went along with that indefinitely, like after a year, after two years, what, at which point? Is this just, this is the world that we, that we're okay to live in? Like, and is that even healthy? Like, I don't, you know, I mean, I would say. Sorry, I, I was know. mute. No, no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something here. Okay. So I think that's interesting is that I have seen, not in the U U.S., mind you, but I have seen some footage of police overstepping as far as, um, you know, hey, you, you're not wearing a mask, right? I, I remember seeing footage of someone in uh, in London where, like, they were in their front yard. But it, what in America we would call a front yard. I think they refer to this as a garden. Right. And, um, but basically, it's like a like a suburban piece of property, and there's like you know a square of grass in front of the person's house, and they're outside of it their own house and this cop comes by and is like you're outside without a mask and you should be you know quarantined and social distancing and they're like we're on our own property no one's around we're outdoors right. like chill right. out you know and this woman like makes this whole big thing they film it and then of course they were able to prove uh the the cop ends up letting them go and the footage gets out and then the, the police department says no no, no that, that cop had no right to do that that, that was the cop was definitely overstepping right, right. her bounds yeah, yeah, yeah. but the point is yes this this all this sort of scare tactics what is interesting to me and i'm not saying you're doing this but i want to sort of something i want to talk about is the i feel like we're living in a moment where the the like you you know the the Orwellian idea of like, oh, we've always been at war with Eurasia, or I've like been well, that's thinking sort of, about it a lot, right? So right, this, exactly. like, the flipping of the script, I feel like right now, uh, my my head is spinning watching right. the script being flipped because what I see is like, and again, I don't I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how to word this because um, you you brought it up, and I'm not trying to put you into this corner, and I'm not trying to paint like sides. But I don't know how else to like really kind of like shorthand for what I'm saying. So I'm just, I'm just going to say it. So like let's say you're anti-mask, right? The idea that you would be upset with police. Oh, my God. Look, this police man is forcing someone to wear a mask. This policeman has overstepped themselves and is oppressing people by forcing them to wear a mask. Uh -huh. But most of those, again, you know, without, oh, at the risk of overgeneralizing, the majority of that crowd 
is opposed to these sort of Black Lives Matter protests, right? right? Sure, so like, sure. So, yeah, hey, yeah. You, you have one group saying, hey, the police are fucking murdering us. Right, right. <laughs> and people are like, oh, fucking sit down, stop complaining. But let me tell you, this motherfucker made me wear a mask. Sure, you know? I'm right there with you. So, Absolutely. So just, and I'm, I'm not saying either is right. What I'm saying is the the cognitive dissonance that these is these are seen as two separate things, and uh, this idea that like somehow you're wrong to be upset about one but not the other or whatever. Like there's something really wild there, right? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's there's ideologies that go with the sides. And yeah. if you ask ask me, both of them have components that are similar to religions. Where people people can form a religion out of anything, and maybe I'm sensitive to it from where I, what I was raised with, um, not as much in my as per se with my family as much as my school, uh, where there's like I went to a very strict Christian school, fanatical, over the top. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Jesus Camp, but we went to Jesus Camp, and I'd see people speaking in tongues, putting their hands up in the air, just getting totally next level, you know, and Something that I, I came to realize over the years was like, and I can relate this to just about anything. I can apply this to any spiritual organization. Uh, Scientology is a good example where you have people that ha can have a genuine breakthrough or you can have people who have a genuine uh, spiritual experience. And then immediately afterwards, it's not, we do the same thing ourselves, even without an organization where thought comes in and wants to give ourselves some structure with something that was so expansive that wasn't confined and we will attribute it to something so in other words somebody could be doing some work with scientology and have a genuine breakthrough and then afterwards they're like okay l ron hubbard you know what i mean like you uh jesus whatever it happens to be that because it's a universal experience for us to have that that um kind of uh these mystical states and so even with something like QAnon or whatever it is, like there's a mystical edge to it. And I, I, you actually included a little clip of me talking about that phenomenon in your, in your recent series, you know? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this thing where you have this kind you get this hit, you know, and then it gets attributed to whatever it gets attributed to, which is completely beside the point, but this is just what our inclination, this is our propensity. Like we are oriented to do this thing. And so, you know, when it comes to uh, the MAGA scene, there's something very cult-like about that. And it's easy for us to recognize that and, and, and see how that works, where you're like, okay, we have the dictator would be the equivalent of a spiritual teacher who could be corrupt, you know, in various ways. We've seen that a lot with cults, you know. Um, but I do think that even though, so, cause, so like, I just said to somebody earlier today, they're talking about QAnon. I'm like, you know, there's kernels of truth throughout QAnon. There's the, and people, there's kernels of truth in fucking Pizzagate. And now that's easier to see because it's become mainstream. So like, you know, I think I may have mentioned this to you at one point when I had shared on Facebook back in 2016, I guess, uh, that Epstein's Island, I had seen evidence to believe that that little temple there actually has a whole underground network below it and that the fucking floor lifts up. Did I mention this to you before? You there? Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was muted. Um, I feel like we've talked 
talked about. I mean, I've I've heard over the years. I've heard so many theories about that. I don't know which from you or from anyone else. But right. I, anyway, I'm I have friends familiar. friends just totally having this really negative reaction towards me about it. Uh, where I was, because uh, I, I was confident that in all likelihood that what I had come across was legit. And I'm like, yeah, no, he has this whole underground thing there. Well, now it's in a Netflix documentary. So they show you a layout of what it's like to, underneath it. And, and witnesses talking about how, yeah, the floor lifts up and blah, blah, blah. Now, if somebody watches a Netflix documentary, they're going to be more likely to be like, oh, well, certainly they wouldn't be sharing this here if this wasn't true. Well, it, it fucking is true. And it's interesting to me the way that, you know, during the Pizzagate craziness of 2015, 16, whatever, that, you know, some of it was just so unbelievable and people would never accept it. And now components of it are, are accepted. Now, uh, when uh, Julian Assange was on, I think it was Bill Moyer or something, and, you know, he's talking about all this stuff and Bill Moore is like, you know, I don't I don't doubt the validity of a lot of the things that you're talking about. But what's up with the complete fixation on we had this conversation before about, you know, pedophiles on the right and on the left and the way that there's this kind of people want to paint it that, oh, this is just the, the Democrats are sickos or whatever. It's kind of reminds me of the way that people would talk about Jew, Jews eating children back when in propaganda, you know, where you're uh -huh. like, oh, you know, yeah. you're, it's like in this case, it's like, no, there's actually pedophiles all over the place. Rich people, it doesn't matter whether you're blue or red, you know, <laughs> like this is, this is happening. Well, this goes yeah. to just to, uh, without getting caught in the, the false dichotomy it's interesting, but I guess the kind of the point I was trying to make is like, if you're upset about poli police overstepping or quote unquote oppression because someone made you wear a mask, you would think you would be upset about, right. you know, police actually murdering somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hypocrisy the, and irony yeah. is astounding. And I think to the same extent, what you're saying is like, I see all the time from this QAnon cult, you're, you're right, there's a kernel of truth, but they only want to look at a very, they want to look at this corner of the map. Hey, look, I've got evidence that this Democrat is a pedophile. This Democrat went to Epstein's Island. Right. I don't want to look at the fact that, like, Trump was there, or we don't want to look at Barr's connections to Epstein. Like, I mean, it's, it's like the connection between Barr and Epstein is huge, right? Right, but even beyond these big figureheads that we that we know well, sure, well but, but within, within Republicans and Democrats all over the place, there's people that got popped. It's not debatable. You it, know? Well, precisely. That, well, that's I guess what I'm saying is like when I see and I, I will regularly see, oh, we don't want to talk about Ep, you know, like they're, they're they don't want to talk about Epstein because it exposes the Democrats or the liberals or the this, and it's like. No, it exposes everybody. It exposes this whole underbelly. Right, right. That's that the funny have part a... about people getting getting talking about cuties on Netflix when it comes to uh, oh, this is this is a uh, like it's a platform where the people are are sh showing movies, right? And net Netflix sponsors a lot of things and, do and does a lot of things. But how did the people reconcile that Netflix also produced a documentary that exposed high ranking Democrats' involvement with Epstein? Right. Well, uh, and I haven't I didn't watch cuties. I don't I, I would be really ignorant of me to say too much, but I am aware of the sort of debate, which is that the person who made it said this is a critique. This is not like promoting pedophilia. This is a critique of 
sexual like our culture sexualizing children. right and certain certain facts of life too uh, yeah. that have to do with with puberty and coming of age and also reflection on society and the way that society is and people might argue you know uh oh so do you do you kill somebody to teach them about killing and it's like no this thing is ha- it's happening already in the first place you know my my sister put her daughter in some pageant thing and I, I, I got to be honest, I was like, what are you doing? Like, and she's like, oh, you know, she, she wanted to, to do it. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Kids want to do a lot of things. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for, you know, uh, people being open-minded or whatever. But I'm like, you know, you basically dressed your daughter up like a, like a miniature sex icon. I got to be honest, I think it's fucking weird, you know? Yeah, it's really fucking weird. But, you know, that this goes to the idea of like, so Netflix, again, I, I don't I don't know enough about the cuties to make a, a, a yeah, real it's... educated comment on it. But to say I did see the people who were defending it saying, hey, how come how come there was no criticism of like dance moms or something like that, which is like a reality TV show, which literally like which is not a critique in any stretch of imagination. It's really just a reality show about little girls dancing in these pageants or some shit like that. And it's like, that was on the air for years and no one complained that that was a problem. Right. Or even the Trump rally where he had the little girls doing their little number, you know, that well, was not too yeah. far off. So now you're, yeah. And now we're getting back to what I was trying to say, which is like, people are really, really selective with their rage. Right. Right. Selective um, rage. Absolutely. And that's and, what I used to think that virtue signaling was 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 about. But then I real I found out that the the term itself, where it's originally used, and this is part of the confusion that goes on the on the internet when people are having a really strong reaction to the idea of virtue signaling, is that the way it was originally the way it originally came about was to communicate around uh, feigned rage or or um, you know fake rage. Where you're pretending to be really upset about something you're not pre- pre- that you're not really upset about. I would say that's not what's going on. People are upset about various things, uh, but the the meaning of, of virtue signaling that's not the original intended meaning. I do believe goes on where people have a, have a certain uh, virtuous relationship to what they're doing. Just like we get hits every time we do, so, you know, because we're all complicit to some degree being a, in a part of society. Every time you fill up your gas tank. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, every time mm-hmm. you go to take out the trash and you're looking at, oh, is this supposed to go in recycling? Oh, I don't know. I'll just put it in the trash. You know what I mean? Like, and even if you put it in the recycling, you know that. You sound what like really um, Mark Wahlberg from My Heart Huckabees. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're complicit. Oh, yeah. do you drive a car? He's like, and the guy drives an SUV or whatever, and they get in the and they're talking about suburban sprawl and all this kind of stuff, but. You know, I just, I, I just, if you go to the grocery store and you brought your own bag and that little hit that you feel when you think you're, you know, I'm doing something for the environment or whatever, and it's so minuscule or whatever, and you're like, well, it's my part. I, you know, I do what I can. You know, it's like we all, people all feel on some level, oh, and look what I've contributed to and look what I'm a, I'm a part of. And a lot of that gets repressed. And whenever we repress anything, it gets sublimated somewhere else. And I think that whether people, think that what we're doing is the right thing or not, whatever the case, there is an inevitable degree of not just resentment, but a genuine feeling of being oppressed. And when we're being asked to speak to other people's oppression, I think that what we're, what we're seeing, the shadow that's coming through from a lot of people is this 
um, the sense that they're like, well, why should I be so concerned about these other people oppression when, when I feel oppressed? And I don't see these things as mutually exclusive. And I believe that they are, in fact, relative, like I think is what you were pointing out by, you know, the extremes of that. Hey, maybe we don't kill people unjustly in the street and then get away with it, whether, you know, whether somebody's being forced to put on a mask. But I've watched people being strangled on, on film, at least, for not wearing a mask. Well, the first person to get arrested in the U.S. for not wearing a mask was a black man in um, Kentucky who was homeless. He's almost elderly. I don't know if you, you saw that, but the first person to go to jail for just simply refusing to wear a mask was actually a black man in, in Kentucky, I believe. Um, did did everyone uh, did all the Trump supporters um, point out that he, you know, had a criminal record and therefore the cops did what they needed to do? <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's all that kind of stuff. Where you're like, you know, I had a conversation with my cousin in Sweden earlier today and, you know, he has. He he, dis- him and everyone in Stockholm. I don't know about if you go into the eighty percent of Sweden's forest and those people who who you talk to, what they might say. But everyone I I ever spoke to in in Stockholm, except for one guy who was part of what would be considered the the more fascist party in Sweden, but he offered me crack cocaine. And so you know what is what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> the entire time, I mean, I must I spoke to hundreds and hundreds of people at coffee shops every day about politics, you know, and everyone seemed to share very similar views for the most part, where they were just as far as America goes, you know, and you're talking to an American, and people some oftentimes sees the opportunity to voice their opinions on political matters, you know, and it's like so for my cousin, it's like he despises. Donald Trump and the whole cult that goes on, all of that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's got a, an entirely different opinion on this virus than a lot of Americans that I talk to, including my friends, you know. And uh, I consider it a, 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 a more objective or maybe even, dare I say, enlightened view of things, you know. Um, very mature view would probably be the better way to put it. Uh, you know, uh, but he's not... He's the furthest thing from right-leaning that I, you know, almost anybody I know. But at the same time, he feels like we're going a little overboard with our mandates and our, our the rules that we have in place and having people follow lines and keep, their, keep you know, be so, so intense about it all, you know, uh, that, that's, that that reaches a certain degree of dysfunction, you know. <laughs> And uh, and it's a set, it's a setup for conflict, because when you try and steer people that way, they start to feel like cattle, and then they start to react. And if you 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 don't want people rioting, you know this isn't the way to do it. <laughs> you know this is not the way to keep people from from acting out, because people will inevitably feel oppressed from all of that. You know, and if and if they feel oppressed, then. For some people, not for everybody, but some people, it's hard for them to have empathy for others who are oppressed in more extreme or di- just different ways, you know. Um, you yeah, know I mean, yeah, yeah. I think um, I do. I do totally understand what you're saying. I, 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 I'm not completely sympathetic to that perspective only because I think there's a huge difference between inconvenience and oppression. Like the people being inconvenienced are unable to identify with oppression because they feel oppressed. 
Right, what you're saying is it's true. Not, it's not. It's if if you. I don't know. I think you did for a while, and I don't know what you're doing now. Uh, but people that are, that have to wear a mask all day, every day, mm-hmm. and especially during the summer when it was extremely hot and whatnot, it's that uh, doesn't just not feel good. I mean, uh, my friend's kids are getting are ten years old and they're getting zits on their on their face, you know, and rashes from wear, wearing a mask all day, you know. Um, and uh, do the kids need to be doing that? Sweden had. Uh, under the age of 29, they had a total of 10 deaths of due, that are due to, said to be due to coronavirus. Right. And, you know, and they never closed down their schools, you know, and they know that this is mostly adult-to-adult infection. Uh, they also, the CDC is, states plainly on their website that uh, if, you, um, if you wear a mask improperly, which can mean a variety of things. Either you're just simply touching it because in a hospital you don't do that. You know, you keep the mask sterile, um, you know, or if you're reusing it without washing it, uh, uh, or even if you're washing it, but it's hot out because hospitals are cold. All of these things can add to, to uh, your susceptibility to infection. And so, and the amount of sore throats going around with kids right now and all this kind of stuff, it's all real. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you're recirculating the same air with a with a a pouch, a moist pouch in front of your face, you know, for an extended period of time, yeah, no, it starts to be unhealthy. And so, on one level, I can recognize the relative value of specifically an N95 mask in, in circumstances. Uh, at the same time, every every single RCT that's ever been done uh, by this, uh, well, that's been documented by the CDC has shown zero efficacy for face masks and viral infection. And they plainly state that this, that the, that the mask is not uh, meant for, for protection from viruses. And so I'm just like, you know, and that's the reason why when, when Fauci was first asked about this with CNN and they're like, and the guy's like, Hey, everyone's listening. You know, what do you think? He said something very different than what he said a couple weeks later. You know? Sure. Oh, yeah. And my feeling is, is when people talk about the CDC being compromised by, you know, uh, Trump administration and, and all this stuff, I think that they were compromised early on in this pandemic. Uh, and if you, if uh, you yeah, they've been, comp- yeah. I they've think been compromised you, for a while. What you're again, what I think I just want to guess my my perspective on that is similar to when you say about, um, oh, could just Trump did Trump actually get it? And you say, I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if it's a situation where the, the information has been politicized so that there is, so they're being pulled in either, in both directions at once and making mandates and statements that are notably inconsistent because they're not based on, practicalities of saving people per se they're based on practicalities of what are you being asked to say right and i do so just to say i i do think it's really interesting that um how little i hear of the cdc being compromised in the last few months where we know for a fact the trump administration went in and said we're controlling the data um you would you would think that would be a red flag for people 
before that, we can speculate, and I would I would agree with your speculation that it's politicized and that the sort of mandates are coming based on what are you being asked to say or whatnot. But those would be, while I agree with the speculation, those would be more speculative. But what we can say for a fact is that the information now is being manipulated. We, we know that information is being manipulated now. We can speculate that it always has been. And again, I would agree with you, but I think it's really interesting that from, like, I, I'm so, I'm surprised I'm so still exposed to so much conspiracy theory world. Like, particularly I'm doing, like, Sync Quick News and, you know, mm. people who engage with Sync Quick News and the YouTube channel and stuff like that. It's like, I'm, I'm always reminded, like, oh, right, right, right. Like, a lot of the... I, I think of myself as doing one thing, but sort of the people that are interacting with my stuff are mostly conspiracy theorists. And I'm like, um, I just think it's fascinating that people are saying, oh, this information is controlled in one direction. Right. And, and you know, again, when I, yeah. uh, again, while I would agree with that, it's missing the verifiable manipulation in the other direction right so like that's uh, that sounds like i'm taking uh, if i hope it doesn't sound like um anything other than what i'm trying very hard to say as explicitly and literally as possible which is um yes i i think <laughs> that it, we can we can see how all this stuff is manipulated and yet it's again it's selectively I'm just really weirdly I'm just really frustrated with the weird selective um and I don't you want to say that we said selective rage but there's like I'm talking about selective blindness. Sure, sure. And it's it's uh. this idea too that that everything has to be so mutually exclusive. Right, right, right. Even mm-hmm. when it's obviously not. Even though it's like it's like this idea of of Trump saying fake news and you're like god damn dude the news has had fake shit forever what do you yeah, what, yeah, yeah. obviously does that mean that what you're saying is true no this does not equal <laughs> right. that a plus b does not that a plus b does not equal c you know um, yeah it's 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 incredibly frustrating because i think you know something i was really trying to show i i went for years where i was like during obama's administration i was really essentially ignoring right-wing criticism to focus on criticism of Obama because I felt like that's where it was lacking. You know, yeah. everyone's sort of going oh, along. Oh, sure, yeah. And we, we, I think you and I both have kind of a devil's advocate persona where it's like if somebody says one thing, even though I could just as easily be on the other side of the table saying something at least similar to what they're saying, I'm going to argue the other side of it for the benefit of perspective. Yeah, for the benefit, exactly. It's like, hey, this appears to be the blind spot right now. So I'm going to really focus on this because I don't see enough people fucking... Right. I'm also very sensitive to hypocrisy. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I don't like being told, oh, I'm I'm not allowed to say something negative about Biden when I see it. When he's get making me have person internal face palms, you know what I mean? Like, I'm oh like, god, yeah. Like, oh, god. And like, of all the things you could say, you're like, dude, you know, notice how all of this changed the topic from from the the taxes, and and Biden says it once, just like almost under his breath, practically. 
where it's like, oh, why don't you sh- sh- show it? No, motherfucker. Like, I'm like, well, I mean, I don't I don't have the opportunity. I'm not standing there. But I'm like, dude, a sane person right now would be hitting that home saying, are you going to show it? You said you're going to show it in fucking 2015. Are you going to are you going to show it? What's up with your chief of the IRS having a fucking million uh, dollars in uh, property on Hawaii? I fucking said that like as soon as he as soon as he was put in there, I just looked him up and saw that. And then I see a what was it a New York Times article or something where they were they were saying oh recent revelation this guy has a million it's not a recent revelation dude yeah. that should should have been known all this shit like it's and you know I'm I I saw uh, uh, um, an article from the New York Times uh, that was speaking to the the uh, the faults of PCR tests for mm-hmm. COVID mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and I read what they said about it. And it was almost verbatim what fucking David Icke had said in his censored interview. And now, don't get me wrong. David Icke said 70% of shit in that that I could have fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. flushed down the toilet. But that was a point that I, that was a big takeaway. And then I'm like, wow, you know that I looked it up. And I was like, holy shit, this is actually a quote from the inventor of the test saying that it shouldn't be used to, to, to gauge a, the, an epidemic. And I'm like, dude, that's pretty extreme. But this is this is it. This is a, a, a source that's you know a reliable source saying this. But when the New York Times presented that relatively recently, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, they're like new revelations. And yeah. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a new reality. But fucking David Ike was able to to get on that. Give me, give me a break. Absolutely, it's it's crazy. And uh, I want to give one last sort of example to see. This is just this week. I mean, it's it's already been the case for a few weeks, but I think with this week with Trump's COVID quote unquote recovery, he, right? He says, "Hey, don't." He's like, you know, COVID's not that big a deal. We have the best medicine. You have right? the best medicine, right? And well, you're and you're. It's coming. This you're all going to have it. We're going to have vaccines. We're going to have got all this stock in both the main medications. Well, that sure, he's sure, sure, sure. But I, here's the deal, though. Well, this is what when I, when I talk about this like Orwellian like fucking insanity is do you remember I'm sure you do let's go back four years ago okay Trump's running for office Trump is seen as siding with the anti-vaxxers sure right? oh yeah I remember and that yeah, yeah. Trump supporters are saying well here we go we like this guy because right. he's not he's he's on he's he's on our side and the Democrats are with big pharma. Find and, as many clips and, and, as, now, as you can of each and play them back to back like we yeah, like yeah, yeah. people did with Hillary where you were like, look at how she flip flops. Oh you know, well, right, right, right. No, no, so I'm not yeah. So I'm not saying Trump's exclusive to flip flopping. I'm saying but now I'm talking about the so again, we're not talking about the politician flip flop. We're talking about the, the people who are following right. following what the I'm thread saying and that yeah. Is that now you go back a few months ago. Let's go back a few months ago. And everyone on, let's call them the left. They're not really left, but, you know, it's, you know fake liberal bullshit left. They're like, we need a vaccine. And this is what we, we're going we're gonna to need this. And we need science to fix this and all this sort of stuff. And the Trump people, the, the sort of fake right, want to be conservative schmuck faces are like uh hey 
we we feel like this is all a, a plot by Bill Gates and the pharmaceutical industries and all this sort of stuff. So sure. literally, the positioning just a few months ago was liberals saying we, we we need vaccines and we need this this medication. And let's, the be, right let's be clear though, we're talking about neoliberals saying uh, this. Oh, I know. Most like, anti- as I said, fake. vaccination people that I know are very liberal or very left leaning. I should at least. Yeah, say. that's what I was saying. Like fake. I, I, that's the, all these all these terms are so uh, essentially almost meaningless. Right. So it's, they are. But, but just that's why I was like fake fake liberal something. I don't know whatever you want to call that. Uh, it's definitely neo neo liberal, um, and and but just to say again, so you have four years ago, Trump seen as the anti vax, and even again, even at the beginning of coronavirus, it's like oh, the world is going to get forced with this Bill Gates vaccine, but Trump is going to save us because Trump says we don't need World Health Organization, right? So Trump says we pull out of the World Health Organization and all of his people are like, oh my God, yay, he saved us from, you know, Mark of the Beast. Right, right, right. All this sort of stuff. He saved us. We're not going to succumb. From HR 6666 or whatever. We're not going to succumb to big pharma like the rest of the world because Donald Trump's saving us from that. And Mm -hmm. now, within just a few months, you see everyone on this... The, the the reversal is that Trump's team is saying, hey, we've got the best medicine and we've got these drugs and we've got the cure and all this sort of stuff. And these people being like, see, OK, Trump, the Trump's rushing this vaccine to to market and we don't like it. And now I see all these neo like neo liberal and, I'm, you know, this sort of like mainstream. I'm talking like, you know, like friends i know from outside of like sync stuff and conspiracy there's a lot of people i see on facebook that i use as just a gauge of like where the average american is like it's like i was like i (laughs) it sucks to say but there are people that i'm friends with that i'm like you will for me are literally just a witness test of what people are swallowing right now you know Sure, sure and um and it's like okay so now you're saying i'm not taking trump's vaccine that's crazy it's it's (laughs) It's too rushed, and he's in the pocket. He owns this pharmaceutical stocks, and he's in the pocket of big pharma. And I'm like, wait a second. So wait a second. So now the the Democratic Party is saying we don't trust these vaccines, and we don't trust big pharma, and the the quasi conservatives are saying we've got the cure. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, holy shit! Do you not like? Do you do you people not like hear yourselves when you talk? Right, right. So you know, you know how uh, Kevin Halcott used to have the um, he had a video on uh, Rocky Horror and and Obama, where he was looking at it like um, it's just a step to the left, another step Mm. to the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like over time we go back and forth. We're doing it like on a weekly basis. (laughs) We're doing at least on a monthly basis, where it's like all the positions are actually changing to the other side because it's because the contradictions and the hypocrisy is so great. I have, it's hard to communicate this, but it's almost, I keep having this, like this, this view of it. That's almost Gnostic where I'm just like everything from not the new Testament necessarily, but the gospel specifically that like, what did Jesus talk about? Like, he's talking, he turned over the money changers in the church, you know, that's the one time he got really pissed, you know. Uh, but there's the the healing the sick, 
for like just just the um the idea of our ability to like to to heal and deal like not being afraid of the lepers you know what i mean oh and then jesus wasn't didn't didn't shy away from the the most decrepit you know whatever it's like and uh i'm i'm thinking about um uh how he called everybody hypocrites he's like don't be as the hypocrites are and like everything that you see um this is why it's easy to entertain the idea of presidents being the antichrist you know because you watch it and it's like you know don't pray on the street corners like the hypocrites do go you know alone in your space you know and it's like and i'm watching these really like elaborate spiritual president and you know i think it was in john bolton's book where after they took their hands off of him and left the room and he's like can you believe people believe that bullshit you know what i mean and like it's like what the power of an intention, like even though they're evangelicals or whatever, at least the idea that people are like, you know, um, being present in themselves to be receptive, I guess, is the it's supposed to be the idea um, in ideally, you know, not that that's what is actually happening, but at least like, you know, and they're putting on a show and it's like, you know what? He's right. Can you believe that bullshit? You know, thoughts and prayers, you know. Well, what are you going to do about Puerto Rico? Oh, paper towels and thoughts and prayers. You know, um, on an aside, it turns out that Puerto Rican, uh, <laughs> Puerto Rican leader. I'm sorry, I don't know how you say it. If it's literally the president, because they're part of America, but it's that you know they're basically all in for Trump. And I'm like, okay, you know what? And I think that there was something even that happened where they got trying to get recalled, or some, people aren't stoked on them. Um, there's some controversy there. I don't, I can't speak knowledgeably enough on it, you know, but point is, is that there's so much hypocrisy and so much irony and it just, it calls to mind so many biblical yeah, oh, yeah. aspects. It's just so over the top, you know? And I'm like, dude, like, wow. It's like, we're, we're, what are we being steered towards in terms of the things to realize? And it seems like they're all the same things. I'm sorry. I'm sure I sound like a fanatical Christian myself, but I'm like, they're very, uh, uh, Christian lessons, and isn't it funny I, that the I, people who ahead. are the most resistant to it are the people that call themselves Christians? Yeah, who announce oh, yeah. to proclaim themselves Christians, and it's like, wow, you guys are like the biggest hypocrites that Jesus would have been been mocking, or at least not necessarily mocking, but you know what I'm saying, like drawing attention to the to the the twists in their in their uh, reasoning process. <laughs> Yeah, I, I literally had this thought in the last 24 hours, which was, wouldn't it be great if there was like a book that collected all the things that Jesus said of how he felt about things, <laughs> and then we could refer to that? <laughs> right, know, right. Like, Thank you. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, maybe if we actually could point out where this is, you know, uh, immigrants, Everything, the whole basis of, of the of the end of um, of John, right, where he's like, you know, you go into another town, you you if they if you're not well received, you kick off, you kick your shoes, and you go on to the next town or whatever, you know, like basically like shrug it off and continue. And it's like, dude, he's totally like advocating like when it's like, how do you know who's who my followers are? Uh, they're the they're the people that are basically like uh, no 